Thank you, Carol. That was wonderful. All right. Well, it's good to see everybody today. Um, we got a small crowd. Can we scoot in just a little bit so I, yeah, so I don't have to strain my neck? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys for, for coming today. I hope everybody had a good uh, Christmas. Uh, wasn't uh, Ours was kind of mixed with, uh, with, jo- with joy and sorrow. We had uh, some sickness kind of going through our family, but uh, we're doing all good right now. So anyway, um, so uh, I just wanted to, to tell you guys, I just uh, am thankful to, to be a part of King's Chapel. Um, the exciting uh, stuff that's coming along. Um, today is our, our last day of 2017 and getting ready to march right into 2018. Um, so as we're seeing a new year um, coming and an old one passing, it's easy to get stuck thinking about, you know, the past or the future and what it holds. Um, but often we kind of think about uh, transitions and the things that are going on in between. And really what I wanted to talk about today is kind of about the, the waiting um, for God to move. Um, I think I got a picture. <coughs> yeah, here we go. I don't know if you can see that or not. That's me when I was really, really little. I think I was maybe three or four. That's me on the right, my twin brother Yusuf on the left, my older brother Nasser in the middle, and my younger sister Dana uh, when I lived in Saudi Arabia. Um, Anyway, um, that was one of the few pictures I have of my childhood uh, because uh, when we uh, moved back to the United States, it was kind of in a hurry, and we didn't really have much time to plan or or think. We just kind of came on over. It was during the first Gulf War. Uh, But um, the reason why I'm showing a picture of my family is just that, uh, you know, growing up with a bunch of siblings, I I had to get used to waiting, um, waiting to, uh, you know, get uh, the things I want, uh, waiting for my brothers to get out of the bathroom or to play a video game. Um, I I don't know. I think we we have a a lot of older people here in in the congregation, but uh, for the younger folks, Waiting to, to use the phone was a big thing. Uh, I remember, you know, um, when somebody was on or I, I was expecting a call, trying to get my brothers off the phone so I could make sure it was open so they could, uh, they could we could use it or, or, or get that call. Uh, that was before, you know, call waiting and answering machines and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, next picture. Yeah. So, uh, there's me up on the top left. Um, with my twin brother Yusuf and my sister on the bottom and then some cousins. Um, anyway, uh, we're, that's us uh, taking a family vacation up in the Ebha Mountains in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that was, uh, if anybody ever hears my story about being chased by wild baboons, it, w- it was there. So uh, I'm not going to go on to it today just because of lack of time, but I, I, w- I will definitely share it with you some other time. So um, anyway, um, back then it seemed like it was okay to wait. Um, you know, it was an expectation. Um, and today it seems like, you know, with social media and high speed and instant gratification culture, it's, you know, it's sometimes easy to, to forget, you know, um, that sometimes, you know, we have to wait on God and his answers are not always instant. Sometimes we have to um, really just take some time and, and kind of turn on it and, and uh, seek that, that message or, or that word for us. 
Um, so I'm going to just bring us to a few examples of waiting in Scripture. So we'll, we'll start off with, uh, you know, good old Father Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, do we have it? Yeah. So, and he said in chapter 12, verse 1, Go out from your country, from your kindred, and uh, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and um, to him who dishonors you I will curse, and all your families on earth will be blessed. And so, um, yeah. And so basically, you know, God made a promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 that he was going to bless him and uh, through him bless the world. But uh, as we know, uh, it was probably 25 years before we actually saw that promise fulfilled. Uh, if we go to Genesis 21, verse 1, it says, the, that's, that's the, the scripture that said the Lord visited Sarah and said to him, um, and the Lord did, as Sarah, uh, did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time in which he had spoken. So, you know, a lot of that time, you know, Abraham was, you know, struggling, trying to um, fulfill God's promise, trying to figure out what, uh, what to do in the meantime, trying to uh, overcome that. But he was faithful. He believed God and he trusted God. Um, let's go to another example here in Exodus, the story of Moses. So we got Exodus. I'm sorry, guys. We're, I'm going to be jumping around quite a bit. But uh, but at, there there is a there is a purpose here, so I will I will get to that. So uh, in Exodus three verse seven and eight, that's uh, Moses in the burning bush. Um, so the Lord said, "I have surely seen the affliction of my people, who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up to the land." Uh, good broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to place in the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Now, from the time God spoke to Moses uh, in the burning bush till the time they actually set foot in the promised land was roughly 40 years. In fact, uh, we know that Moses never actually stepped on to the promised land but could see it from, from the mountain. And that is in Joshua... 3.15 that talks about when the Israelites finally am I moving too fast for you back there? Okay, we're good, we're good awesome, awesome so, um, so as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan into the feet of the priests of the ark bearing dipped their brink of the water now the Jordan overflows from all of its banks in the time of the harvest but the water's coming down from above rose into a heap very far away and then at Adam and then the city of Zeran, and flowing down toward the seat of Arba, the sea of salt completely cut off. And the people passed opposite over Jericho. Now the priests bearing arcs the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground amidst the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan. <coughs> so it was roughly 40 years from the time God spoke to Moses till the time that promise was fulfilled. Now I'm going to use another example here of a long wait here, we have King David. <clears throat> now, King David was anointed in 1 Samuel 16, 
10 through 13. And that is the scripture where Jesse's there with Samuel and he's bringing out his sons. We'll skip down to verse 11, Samuel 16, 11. And then Samuel said to Jesse, are all these your sons here? And he said, there yet remains the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And so he sent and brought him. Now he has a ruddy and beautiful eyes and handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for he is he. So this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So from the time that Samuel anointed David to the time he actually became king was about 15 years. And then another seven years after that before everyone actually accepted it. And that is told in 2 Samuel 5, uh, verse 1 through 3. So I will just paraphrase that real quickly, basically, that uh, the tribes of Israel came to David and said, Behold, uh, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when you saw king, saw king of over us, it was you who led us and brought us out of Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be shepherd of the people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders came to the king at Hebron, and King David was made covenant with there with the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. So, uh, from these old three Old Testament examples, we oft, it often took years, if not decades, for God's promise to be complete. Uh, often, when we're waiting on God's promise to be filled, uh, we can sometimes grow impatient um, or try to listen to outside influences um, or other times act impulsively. Uh, in some ways, in good conscience, um, trying to fulfill God's promises for ourselves. Uh, one good example um, with uh, Abraham is the whole story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Um, we saw that in Genesis 16, verse 1 through 5. Now, um, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She was an Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai brought to Abraham, or Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from having children, so go into my servant, and it will be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to Sarah's voice. Um, so Abraham had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan. Sarai and Abraham's wife took Hagar as a servant, and Abraham, her husband, his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived, and she saw that she had conceived. She looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when, you saw, when she saw that she had conceived, she, took on me, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. So immediately, <laughs> it was a bad mistake. <laughs> and, you know, we know the, the ramifications of that afterwards. We have this whole thing with uh, Ishmael uh, ever since then. Um, so, uh, but, you know, Abraham wasn't the only one that faltered on God's promise trying to uh, listen to outside influences. Uh, in uh, Exodus 32... We see the Moses is up on the mountain, and Aaron, um, failing to wait uh, and felt to peer pressure, um, Exodus 32, verse 1 4, when people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves to Aaron and said to him, up, 
up us and make gods and go before us. For this, as this Moses person, this man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And so Aaron said to them, take the rings of gold that are in your ears and of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their rings of gold and in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron received the gold from their hands and fashioned it with a graving tool and made golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation, tomorrow shall be a feast of the Lord. So, I mean, Moses disappears. They're getting impatient about going to the promised land. They need some sort of instant gratification, so they make themselves their own god, which is a big, big mistake. And then, um, but, you know, it doesn't always have to be that way. Sometimes, you know, God allows us to make the right choices in the times of waiting. Uh, for example, when David was uh, anointed uh, to be king, yet wasn't king yet, um, David gets the opportunity to make that decision himself, and he instead waits on God. So we'll go to 1 Samuel 24, verse 1 through 7. When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engadai. And when Saul took 10,000 chosen men and all Israel went to seek David and his men from the wild goat's rock, he came to the sheepfolds, and by the way, there was a cave, and Saul went there to relieve himself. And David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave, and David said to him, Here is the day which the Lord has said, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as you seem, seems good to you. Then David arose stealthily and cut the corner of Saul's robe. And afterwards, David's heart struck him because he cut the corner of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do anything uh, to my Lord, uh, the Lord's anointed, to put my hand against him, seeing that he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men, and they did not permit them to attack Saul. And then, again, David had another opportunity to take uh, his kingdom into his own hands. So 1 Samuel 26, verse 7 through 11, the next chapter over. Um, so David and Abishai went into the army at night, and there Saul was sleeping in the camp with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And then Abishai said to David, Go, the God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can put his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, Now this is important, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put my hand against the Lord's anointed. But now take this spear and this jug of water and let us go. So, although David made a lot of mistakes in his life, um, he did not take God's promise into his own hands, rather allowed God to make things work according to his own timing. Um, in the New Testament, you know, uh, we also see uh, opportunities, you know, where God's Spirit, you know, was working uh, within the early church, and, uh, you know, they were required to wait. Uh, in Acts chapter 1, um, we see that the disciples are waiting um, after the Lord ascends in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. While staying with them, Jesus, he, Jesus, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait uh, for the promise of the Father, 
which he had said, you had heard from me, for when John baptized with water, but I will be baptized with the Spirit about many days from now. Now, to give you some context, kind of in that, uh, that short period from Jesus' ascension to the um, Spirit descending in the upper room, um, Jesus had spent 40 days um, with them, but there were still enemies, you know, of the early church around. Jewish leaders at the time persecuting new believers, the Roman government trying to snuff out any radical groups that would question the authority of Caesar, uh, including the Zealots, which um, Simon the Zealot uh, was one of the apostles. Um, so there was a lot, it was pretty dangerous to stay in Jerusalem, but instead of running, which was an easy thing to do, they stayed and they waited and they prayed uh, for roughly 10 days in the upper room before the Spirit came which is uh, outlined in Acts chapter 2. So really is, you know, what is the purpose of waiting? Why do we need to wait? Um, what's, what's up with this transition? Um, let's see here. Do I have pick number three? Yeah. So uh, I was filled with the Spirit in um, 2000, the year 2000, around June, um, and at that time, the Lord really spoke to me and said we we're going to be going on missions. And it would take roughly three years before God allowed me to um, set foot in the mission field. Uh, this is in 2003 in a town called, uh, actually, that's in Amman, Jordan. And those are ancient uh, Roman ruins behind us, which was kind of cool. I mean, it's, yeah, it was just all over the place. But uh, we were going actually into Iraq. And... Uh, you know, during that, those three years of, uh, you know, being called and actually going, God really did a lot uh, of testing for me, um, mostly, you know, in, in trusting him and, and really believing that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Um, and after that, you know, I was, when I did go, uh, God showed me a lot of miracles, uh, providing money where there wasn't money providing ways where there wasn't ways, uh, providing safety where it was very, very dangerous. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, you know, he was in, in the picture there. There was our guide. His name was Dave. He was from Colorado. Um, three months after our trip, he was uh, gunned down by um, a terrorist group. Um, and that was a very, very sad thing. But he was, you know, totally on fire for the Lord. Um, when we came back, though, um, I just really wanted to go right back. I was gonna, I was bound to determine I was gonna go serve the Lord the very next year, but it would be roughly 10 years before I uh, would go on the mission field again. Um, yeah, and that was really hard for me. I, I really wanted to go. I, I felt God calling me uh, to doing that, but I had a lot of other things going on. I had school, I had a new marriage, uh, you know, a family, um, but, uh, but God was doing a lot of things. Um, let's see, next picture, yeah, so there's our little crew in Moquegua, Peru, uh, doing a little healthcare missionary stint, and that was really fun, too, to spend a week down there and, uh, learn people can be allergic to monkey brains. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Anyway, um, so really, what am I trying to say? Sometimes... Um, waiting can be hard. Sometimes God's promises require us to go through hard times to fulfill his purpose. Um, 
sometimes, you know, God has other, other things going on uh, that have nothing to do with us. Uh, in Genesis uh, 15, verse 13 through 16, God kind of gives a little insight into that for, for Abraham. Um, he said, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs. They will be servants there and be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. As for you yourself, you shall go with your fathers in peace, and you shall bury it at a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So he's saying that he's going to bless them, bless Abraham's descendants, but they will be afflicted for 400 years. But he will use them to judge a nation, but he has not brought them through because he's still dealing with the iniquity of the Amorites. So, you know, he kind of revealed to Abraham, you know, that there's other things going on, a part of his plan that uh, he was, wasn't even aware of. Uh, maybe God was trying to convict the Amorites so that they would repent. We don't really know. Scripture doesn't tell us. But, you know, God can be working out things that, you know, are beyond our sight. Um, so, um, Sometimes, you know, uh, waiting is, is, a, is a hard thing, and sometimes it's used to build character. Uh, in Romans chapter 5, we read um, what, um, see here, what Paul says about, about being justified by faith. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into grace for which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the Lord. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings that we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. So be encouraged. Sometimes uh, times of suffering will bring endurance, and sometimes it brings godly character in us. Um, I know it's been kind of a wild year for us as a, as a church body. Um, we've, we've undergone a lot of changes and uh, we sold a building, <laughs> and now we're kind of sojourners without a home. Um, but God is good. Um, God does, does provide for us. Um, sometimes we do have to go through hard times, uh, times of uncertainty, but to have faith and know that God uh, is with us. Now, what is faith? Um, I always think of it as uh, not more than just a feeling more of an active uh, thing. Um, you know, if I'm talking about faith, I, it would be bad not to uh, talk about, you know, the, the Hebrews 11 type faith, that faith uh, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Uh, that is basically praying and acting and believing that God is working in us and through us. And through that, you know, God... Um, God really develops our, our character and uh, uh, guides us into, into these kind of situations. So last but not least, I want to bring up this last piece of scripture here. Uh, I know probably everybody's read the first part of Hebrews 11, so I'm not going to um, share that, but skip directly down into verse 32. So, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me if I would tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, 
Jephthah, David, or Samuel and the prophets, through faith, have conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refused to accept release so that they may rise again to a better life. Others were suffering, mocked and flogged, and even in chains and imprisoned. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword. They went out in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts, mountains, dens, and caves in the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not see, receive what was promised. But since God had provided something better for us, that they, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. We're about to embark on a new year, a new chapter of our lives, both individually and as a congregation. Um, like I said, in a sense, uh, a people without a home. Um, but God's given us the opportunity uh, for, for building. Uh, we pray that this is a place for us to, to stay, but if not, you know, God would show us um, something better. Um, but I want us to have hope. I don't want us to take this opportunity of waiting um, for granted, but allow it to, to really grow and nurture us inside. Uh, we can pr trust in God's character as he has shown us, you know, in the scriptures that I've read and in our own personal experiences, um, that he, uh, he fulfills his promises time and time again. And, um, and you know, even uh, with our, our partnership with Grace Classical here, um, in this building, you know, God has, you know, provided those relationships that really help us, you know, uh, get through these things. But, you know, what if, what if you messed up? You know, what if you tried to work out God's promises in your own life or uh, built a metaphorical golden calf? Uh, scripture says it's okay. You know, God, God renews us. God uh, changes us as long as we seek him and for forgiveness, you know, and lay, lean down our own will and lean on his. Um, maybe that promise is a job you've been waiting for. Maybe that uh, is a, a relationship that needs mended. Uh, maybe it's healing from an illness um, or a burden that you've been struggling with. Uh, I just want to use this last bit of, of time here to, to maybe pray for you um, or um, I can pray and then um, you can pray in your, um, your seat. So I'm just going to take this uh, next few moments to, to pray. Thank you, God, that you are good. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us this opportunity to wait on you, that uh, we're, we're watching your hands and seeing you move, and Lord, answering when you call. We thank you, Lord, that you keep your promises as you have for Abraham, for Moses, for David, for even us new believers. I thank you, Lord, that uh, your promise does not depend upon us, 
that even when we do struggle and we do fail, that you do provide us a way out, that uh, you do um, guide us. I pray, Lord, that you would give us patience in this time, uh, patience with you uh, in answering this, this call. I pray, Lord, that as we're you know, getting ready to have this informational meeting next week, Lord, that you would really um, give us wisdom to ask the right questions and, uh, and Lord, provide any, any insight we need, Lord, to make the right decision. That you help us to be wise, but also help us be caring as well. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you provided us this body. Help us, Lord, to, to lean on each other and strengthen each other in the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a hope. Lord, 